produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. of Wookiee Radio as I'm holding back a potential harp. It is the intrepid trio. <sighs> Did it again. Wow. I, I said it last week, too, or started to. Mm-hmm. It is the Smugglers 3. Let me get my shows right. It's been a long week, and it's just now the end. Um, it is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. We're actually all here tonight. Yeah, I'm actually surprised with that. Well, not surprised. I'm glad we're all back together. Not exactly meant to be a surprise, but um, it's coordinated to be back that way this week. So how are you guys doing? I'm doing fantastic. Well, I know for Ken and I, the Browns win. It's going to be a good weekend. About time. 652 days. I did not watch any games at all last year i just and then it was it weird that the season opener this season this week or the a couple weeks ago with the steelers i actually recognized more of the players on the steelers than i did on the browns that's uh, a little weird i mean i understand the steelers are a lot older team they've had their players have been playing for a while since so i've been watching them beat the browns for a while yeah well I, I, i'm glad to see them doing well one one and one i think <laughs> yeah i think the steelers are gonna be almost the same way the browns the only team in the nfl that could actually uh break a losing streak and still not get a win Yep. Yep. I think they have are the only team to have done that. Because the last losing streak was Detroit, and they ended up winning. I think they took it with an actual win. So, uh, Derek, you're being quiet over there. How are you doing? And we have lost Derek. Oh, That's me. why he's being quiet. <laughs> there it goes. That's why he's been so quiet. I had my mute on. Ah, It's nice having but, that button, though, isn't it? Yeah. I had it on for the intro, and I forgot to turn it back on. <laughs> I was going to say, I have no... Uh, uh, dog in that fight. So, well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm happy for the Browns and you Browns fans, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but you do have a dog in it in some aspect because Josh Gordon's now a Patriot. Mm, true. It'll be interesting to see what he does over there. Yeah. Well, we'll say for interesting. Check out the homepage, WookieRadio.net, and go down our uh, right hand side of the site and support our affiliates. Plus, check out our store where we got some great merchandise uh both t public and our yeti store over at team yeti some great stuff there so check all that out um and you know i'm gonna say check this out too bob Iger finally confirms disney is making fewer star wars movies mm-hmm. this is not this should not come as a surprise to just about anybody no i no, mean it's, it's not been, a surprise but it's been rumored but now and we've been saying you know until it's official until we hear from mm-hmm. lucasfilm or disney it's still rumor, and we're going to take it as such. Yeah. Well, well it's official. 
Disney is going Which, to slow down its Star Wars plans. And this is something we actually been calling for for a little while here too, because um, here at Wiki Radio and uh, everywhere else across the internet, we've heard a lot of people saying how um, one of the biggest pro- one of the biggest problems with um, Solo, with the strategy of the release of Solo, it was, it was way too close to the Last Jedi, mm. so they could yeah. not do the marketing push like they usually do, unless they wanted to do it at the same time as another Star Wars movie is already in the theaters. Right. See, my- now Marvel has been able to build up and do that but they've had a lot of time to build that up well marvel's also got a different approach too they're taking it, it would be like taking a film about solo and then doing a film about luke then doing a film about someone else then doing a film about someone else then doing an episodic yeah now as i've been saying recently let's finish the skywalker saga hamill came out last week and pretty much said that the final film is more about leia because each one of the big three, pretty much, they're the main focus of the storyline. Now, Force Awakens was Solo. Last Jedi was Luke. So I would not be surprised, too, if the name of Episode Nine reflects something around Leia as well. Yeah, that's going to be difficult for them, though, I think, though, because, um, yeah, they have some footage that they're using for Carrie Fisher. But to build a story around a character, you need more than just one or two scenes. Yeah. But then again, actually, you don't, because you look at um, the main driving force of the story for The Force Awakens was Luke Skywalker. And he's only in the last scene. Right. True. Yeah. Wait, but that essentially sets up um, whatchamacallit, the whole Last Jedi aspect. Yeah. I mean, what what do we see in at the end of The Last Jedi? We see Leia and the crew on, on the ship as they're mm-hmm. heading to the next place. I yeah. think that's what we're going to get here. Okay. So I think, you know, as, as Hamill has stated, that's going to be the last film. Now, my thought well, yeah, is... He's not the only one, though. I think it's come officially from Disney, well, too, that this is the end of the Skywalker saga. But it, it, Yeah, I, I mean, believe so. No, I didn't mean last film. I was, I was meaning to say it's going to be mainly Leia-focused. That The main plot's going to revolve around her. Yeah. Now, my thought, we've got David ben- uh, Benioff and D.B. Weiss with their sagas. We have Ryan Johnson with his sagas, or their trilogies. We have Favreau mm-hmm. with his series on Disney+. Play. Who's to say that these can't be put, you know, each one of these be their own thing, and then they all come together as a collective crossover movie, like a Marvel film? I don't know if I would want to see it that way, though. Yeah, I don't know if Marvel, I would has, Marvel has a way they do it. Star Wars is not Marvel, so we need to just stick to Star Wars doing Star Wars movies. And with with the Marvel films, it's kind of built in that way because it's, it's the Avengers team. Right. So it's all the heroes coming together to form the Avengers. Yeah. One of the reasons I've always said that um, the one I'm uh, I'm saying should follow similar close similar idea to the Marvel method would be DC, but that's because they have the same type of universe where all of these different characters are in the same world, but they also do affect each other all the time. In Star Wars, I want to almost spread this out a little more. Yeah. So that um, I like that the um, I would like the anthology movies really did not affect it. Like Solo is a great standalone movie. Nothing in it really ties into the other movies directly. Right. right, and um, also it could we get, the uh, we don't know what the timelines will be for these other films. Right, I mean we we know we know a little bit about the time frame of the Favreau TV series, but that's I mean we don't know we don't know what's coming with these other movies, these right. other yeah. trilogies. Well, well, if you look at what Lucas was trying to do with Underground, remember 
the Star Wars Underground, um, Underground of 1313, <laughs> the video game, those were supposed to be um, on Coruscant, but about the Underworld, are really, um, from what was being promised, had nothing to do with the main characters of the story at all. Right. It was it's on the same right. world, but it's a totally different part of the world. And see, and that's part of my thought. Say Ryan Johnson ends up doing, like, Crimson Dawn series, and in the D&D guys do something that's another crime syndicate, like maybe around the huts or, or in the bounty hunters, something like that. And Actually, I got a crazy idea and there. Then, and then with there. Favreau doing something with the bount with Mandalore, then yeah. you could bring the three groups together for a whole underworld type movie. Actually, I got an idea with the Game of Thrones, Benioff and Weiss. They would possibly be good because we see in Game of Thrones um, being a period thing. Maybe have them go back and do a historical thing, a Tales of the Jedi or something, like a thousand years before what we've seen. Ah, yes, yes, yes. And maybe the rise of the Sith Empire, something like that. Right. Something that would play right into what they do with Game of Thrones and things like that. Yeah, that could be interesting. Which, which we've talked about here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was a couple of weeks ago with the uh, Tales of, you know, making the old Dark Horse Tales of the Jedi comics and, bring, and yeah. bringing them canon. That, that could make a great movie series or a great TV series. Or even just take the characters out of it and do your own story with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, would they done I, I think I'd rather all those. Use it, I think use I'd it rather see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather see an original story. Yeah. Bring in XR Coon and all these other characters, but or um some of these other characters, but do your own story that fits with the current look of Star Wars. And maybe one of the things would be to change up was the Tales of the Jedi. The look of the sh- of the series, not the story or the characters, but the look of the series could have happened twenty years ago. Right. Even though it's supposed to be like five thousand years ago. So right. do some really huge changes to the um to the way the tech is done some maybe yeah yeah actually do something to truly set it aside that this is this is officially in star wars but this is not star wars you've ever seen this True. is a real long time ago mm-hmm. in a galaxy so close to us oh wait sorry <laughs> um well Iger had some other stuff that was interesting in this too did you see that yeah he was yeah. talking about um in here that he actually is taking the blame for solo's um box office fully on himself yeah that's interesting publicly at least yeah mm-hmm. saying well, that he rushed everything into production and that's why they're slowing this down now well he did rush everything in production yeah he rushed it into a memorial weekend um, launch date instead of letting it happen in december or at the earliest end of august or labor day weekend yeah that's i think the, the problem with that is what movies in general have started to do now that the internet has gotten so big and everybody knows what's coming is i i i would hate to be a filmmaker right now working for studios when they mm. give you a time that your movie has to be done at this time yeah like this is your date you know it three years in advance now you got to make your movie right. it's like yeah tell us maybe like fall of this you know what i mean give it some time right yeah we know this movie is other- coming in 2019 at some point right yeah the other thing is Iger saying they're gonna slow down but they haven't given any kind of specifics yet as to what exactly they mean by that mm-hmm. yeah that's true also slow down and <clears throat> don't make a movie announcement until the next one's ready to go already you know yeah you can develop a bunch of stuff without telling anybody you're developing it well let me ask this yeah. question what type of slowdown do you guys i don't think a, one movie a year was a problem no i don't think force so awakens then into rogue one and then into um yeah force awakens into rogue one into episode eight um yeah the last jedi was fine if they'd have put solo right. in december i don't think we would have had any problem at all just leave it all in de- at the same time and just let it flow i agree yeah there's no rush everybody has enough time to come down off of one of them and then you can start your major marketing push without having feeling like you're um stepping on yourself i can see that yeah and maybe 
maybe like focus on one trilogy at a time or something or mm-hmm. and maybe you know you could still do like the the no pun intended but the solo films um occasionally like in between but yeah well, i guess the my question is why with star wars do we need to slow down and with marvel we're now ramping up to three films a year whereas from 2011 to 2016 we we're getting two a year because well, you think from what was it 2007 is when iron man was out right no 2008 is when iron man 2008 came out. and hulk yeah. came out in 09 thor they started no, with no, one no. movie a year hulk came out also in 08 oh well, that was it, also a different studio then it went to 2010 yeah then we went to a year from 2011 to 2016 so last year with one a year last year we went with three and this year we had three well there's a couple of things with that um Number one, there there are people who are starting to complain about there being too many superhero films. Uh, none of us, of course. But those people um, don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, we're trying yes. to figure out where that problem is. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing is with the Marvel films, it's kind of like because it's all different heroes and stuff. It almost feels like like they're different movies, even though they're all connected. Whereas if you say it's a Star Wars film, then it's Star Wars, you know, they don't, there's no, there's no separate, even though like Solo is a completely different film from the saga films and all that. I don't think there's the same kind of separation in people's minds as there are with, with the, the Marvel movies. Like, you know, some people like my wife, she doesn't go see every single Marvel movie. She just goes for the ones that look interesting to her. Right. And even though I tell her she's missing out on things, she doesn't feel like she's missing out on anything. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. Looking at the mainstream audience, a lot of the ma- the mainstream audience looks at the co- superhero movies, even though they're in the same universe, they're used to um, knowing about 20 different comic books sitting on the shelf at the same time that are all happening at the same time. So right. they're, they're, like, conditioned for that. Star and Wars, it- we've always been, until recently, a lot of people are still trying to get their heads around the idea of, like, a Rogue One or a Solo bouncing around in the timeline a little bit. Right. You still got a little bit of confusion there. So people still got to figure it. We got to give them time to realize that Star Wars is changing. There's a difference here. It's still Star Wars. It still feels like Star Wars, but your times are a little going to be a little off. Right. Yeah. So I think it's a matter of just they did too much too soon. They can get to the point with no problem. They can get to the point where they can do two and three movies a year, but it takes some time to get there. Right. right. Yeah. That and the amount of money Star Wars movies makes, you really don't. Um, Lucasfilm itself is not as big a company as where Marvel is now. Because technically right. it runs as a separate company under the Disney umbrella. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Marvel runs as a separate company under the Disney umbrella. Right. Marvel's getting up there. Now, Lucasfilm, the movies are not the only income stream for them. ILM probably makes as much money as the um, Star Wars movies themselves. Um, Skywalker Sound is another one that makes pro- makes a pretty good profit of their own. And a, lot, and a couple of the other companies they have underneath them. Right. So it's like you don't have to have Star Wars movies for that company to be profitable. Right. And then, and then the, the other thing is... With Marvel, they they had a slow build up. Mm-hmm. You know, they they started off kind of slow. They got their footing. You know, like you said, with the you know one two movies a year for a little while, and then so they kind of they kind of they kind of built it up. Mm-hmm. And now, no, go ahead. And now, I was gonna say, now now other other franchises are trying to kind of catch up in a way, which I think that's like part of the problem that DC has had. Yeah, like, we I talked think, about that before the show a lot of that right I think Warner Brothers wanted a Marvel Universe right away right which is not how how it works you can't you can't do that and I think 
I think uh, because this whole thing about about the Star Wars spreading out is still kind of new. Like Rogue One and, and Solo, you know, doing like the individual films. It's still kind of a new thing, relatively. Right. We're used, well, we're, the, used to the, and, we're used to the saga films. And the nice thing is, too, okay, yeah, Rogue One led directly into the movies and that impact. Solo kind of didn't. It was its own thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then you got to think of the timeline before this. When we, um, the original trilogy, starting in the mm-hmm. 70s, we had three, what was it, three years between each movie. Yeah. Then probably. you have that 20, 15, 20 year gap. Um, however, I think it was 15, wasn't it? To the Phantom Menace? Uh, it was right around there. Yeah. yeah. I thought Phantom Menace was 99. Yeah. No. But you had another three years per film there. Right. And then we get another big break. And 90, then you get The Force Awakens. I was say 99 was the special editions. No, it was 97. Okay. My, my time's <laughs> but, a blur. Yeah. But it's like you had three movies with three years apart, a break, three movies three years apart, a break, and all of a sudden we've had four films, uh, or yeah, we've had four films in three years. Right. It's, it, I, I, like I said, I think it's a too much too fast. Yeah. Which I'm not I'm not complaining about, because I've enjoyed all the films, but <laughs> the mainstream audience I don't think is ready for that that fast. Right, exactly. That I mean, that's the other thing you have to consider. I mean, there there's We're, there's people like us who have been, fa- you know, who mm-hmm. are deeply, deeply entrenched in Star Wars fandom, and then there's the casual fans who just, you know, like my wife who will just go see the movies mm-hmm. she's never watched clone wars she's never watched rebels or read any of the books or the comics or anything so yeah unlike the dark times of the 80s when the um attack or when revenge of the sith came out and was out of the theaters star wars has never gone away since then for us no right we've yeah. had the clone wars we had rebels we've had um all the lego games you had all the books the comic books star wars there was no dark times this time right so the mainstream audience a lot of that they saw that that was going on but they didn't a lot of them a lot of people that um are casual fans and they're they're just as big of fans as we are but they don't ca- um catch all that stuff right there's nothing wrong with that it's just that that's just not their fandom right, right. so um uh, slowing down i think and just taking a look at what they got will i think it'll help yeah i, and I, I like think I said, so we'll, we'll get back to the point where we're getting two or three films a year but I, hopefully they'll do it when people are actually ready for it so i guess here here's my question with ryan john do we just go ryan johnson's trilogy do we go um game of thrones groups trilogy or do we let them both make make theirs at the same time we wait a couple years in the in the early part of the year we get a ryan johnson film at the latter half of the year we get the game of thrones film actually interspersing them in between each other may help i think these saga films because you gotta think the saga films right now are still coming once every two years right so you're able to make a movie and actually get it you get two years to make your movie before you have to start on the next one even though the other movies are in production but they're not the same production company or it's not the same people making it all the time now the right. filming is yes but not the whole crew so i'm thinking if they wouldn't do if they wanted to intersperse it where maybe ryan johnson has three the game of thrones guys only have two that's fine do a ryan johnson the next year you do one of the game of thrones ones then do another ryan johnson then you know what i mean right yeah that could work because people seem to not have a the problem that people had with solo solo flopped in the box office it the, everything we've talked to everybody we've talked to and um looking at the internet and stuff the movie was not the problem no. right and every you know most of the people who have seen it actually enjoyed it mm-hmm. and you're starting to see as um now that it's 
on digital and now it's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD this week. There, you're starting to see a lot, even more reviews, people saying, oh, wait, this was actually a really good film. We've, right, been, yeah. we've been saying it's a great film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the problem was not that, um, that people went and th- hated the movie. It was just that no one went to see it. And, right. and like we talked about during the Smuggler Alliance episode, a lot of that's because people were bitter in regards to Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That and the other half is um, there was virtually no marketing compared to what we've had for Star Wars. Correct. Right. Yeah. For what we've had for the other films and even the um, prequel trilogy, the amount of marketing. I mean, before Phantom Menace in 99, you could not turn around a corner anywhere without seeing Phantom Menace on something. Right. There was so oh, much yeah. marketing for that film. There was no surprise that that was coming out. Exactly, <laughs> the entire world yeah. knew that movie was coming. Oh, well, <laughs> look at the look at Hasbro with the sneak peek figures. You had the sneak peek Mace Windu. You had the sneak peek battle droid on the on the Stab Fighter. Well, not just that. I'm talking like the restaurant promotions and the um the razor blades and the, anything that you could print Star Wars on. They put it in Star Wars on. Yeah. Orange. Why do you think Steve <laughs> Sansweet has that giant um, museum out in California? Yeah. If you name it, they put but, Star Wars on it. <laughs> I think I think Ken, you you might you I think you've said it before. There, especially with Solo, there was no time to build up any anticipation mm-hmm. and that you know like with with all the other films there was there was a build-up there was anticipation there was excitement and with solo it just kind of came out yeah yeah they could they actually i am i would put it out there that solo if it had come out right after the force awakens would have had no problem at all even at even at the time frame that it did the, the yeah, major difference yeah. being the force or the last jedi requires a lot of sitting down and thinking about that film and watching it again right. to wrap your right. head around what exactly did i just see yeah the Force Awakens, we knew exactly what it was the first time we saw it. Yep. And it was awesome. It was phenomenal. But it wasn't a deep thinker movie. Right. So if the Solo would have come out right behind that, I don't think we would have had a major problem. True. But the what, the movie that came out right up against was the one that you had probably the, um, I'm going to get a hate mail for this one, but it's probably one of the deepest thinking movies of all of the Star Wars movies so far. I would agree with that. Whether you like it that way or not, that's the, that one required a lot of what exactly did I just see? Yeah. Right. And I think that was part of the issue with Last Jedi is the fandom is going, you know, after Force Awakens, oh, you copy too much this, uh, of this. Okay, so here comes Last Jedi. Still, still with some influence from J.J. Abrams. Um, even though it is a Ryan Johnson film, they gave the fans what they wanted. Some new stuff. Stuff to make you think. Mm-hmm. And the fans didn't like that they got what they asked for. Yeah. The Last Jedi, if they if that had been just a regular novel release, people would have been nuts for it. Yeah. As a book. Oh, it yeah. was yeah. it's basically a um part of the Star Wars book universe that was put on the big screen, which I think is awesome. Because the books have always tackled the deeper subjects and stuff. Right. And hitting the interesting corners of the galaxy and stuff. Oh yeah. So well, that's pretty much all I've got about Iger. Uh, of course he brought up other things about ESPN and yeah. um Roseanne and James Gunn, but you know, that's not this show. Yeah. So we shall carry on to the next film or next topic. Well, not the next <laughs> film because we're right back into Solo that you've been talking about. <laughs> this, is, this is true. Uh, so the folks at Cinema Blend recently uh, had a little chat with Warwick Davis, uh, who happens to be one of the most prolific uh, actors in the Star Wars films that most people don't realize. Um, <clears throat> in fact, so much so that in Solo, a Star Wars story, he had not just 
one roll, but an additional five rolls for a total of six different parts over the course of the film. Wow. Yes. So, of course, uh, most people realize that he was, he was, uh, uh, weasel. Uh, brain. F- yeah. Thank you. Brain fart. <laughs> Uh, but Cinema Blend talked to him about some of his other roles, to which he said uh, there was DDBD, a droid on Kessel. And then we have another droid. I think he was called Traybot, but he's the one, once he's released in the control room, just goes a bit crazy, smashing things. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, th- and then we have, during the Sabak game, is a little character that looks a little bit like, sort of like a hamster, kind of. Uh, again, these are these are Warwick Davis's exact words, and I'm not going to try to impersonate him. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he said he goes up and gives Han a little congratulatory pat when he wins the game. Then we have during the Corellia spaceport sequence, I play. He looks like a little miniature astronaut with a gold visor. And then, of course, there's the two droid, the two droids having the droid battle, the bigger red one and smaller green one. We all remember that scene. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, I'm the smaller of the two there, and that's it. And then, of course, there's Weasel in both his kind of disguised state and undisguised state. Where so would you count that as two? I'm not sure seven characters? it sounds like he <laughs> might be counting that as two, but I'm not totally sure. <laughs> um, of course, uh, Warwick, David, Warwick Davis has been in many Star Wars films. Actually, I think he's been in just about all of them, hasn't he? All of them since yeah. Return of the Jedi. Where he started out playing Wicked. Yeah, he um, kind of wasn't old enough to, uh, to probably make it into the other two because he was, what, 13, 12 when he did Return of the Jedi? I think so. Right, yeah. yeah. But I think he's been in every other film since then, I believe. Um, of course, you might not recognize him because he's frequently covered in extensive makeup or an elaborate costume, such as Wicked. Uh, so the fact that Davis played Weasel as well of w- as one of the fight droids was previously known, uh, but not everybody might have known quite the the extent of his presence in the film. Davis has also played multiple roles throughout the Harry Potter franchise, but only three characters over the course of the franchise. Here, he played, well, they said five, but earlier they said six in a single film. Um, then they go on to say that because he's rarely seen in his, in his human guys, uh, it allows him to be a sort of jack-of-all-trades as an actor and take on multiple roles in a single film. Uh, even when he's playing Weasley, you don't see his face at first because he's wearing a mask that doesn't come off off until near the end of Solo. Uh, a lot of times, most of the roles are basically nothing more than little cameos. Um, but if you combine them all, it shows that Warwick David Warwick Davis, excuse me, uh, works as hard as anybody on the set of a Star Wars movie. Harder if you consider the hours he needs to set up with makeup and prosthetics to bring his roles to life. And I gotta say, thinking about that, him putting all the costumes and the makeup on, it's kind of impressive that he played so many roles in yeah. solo. Uh, he, he did the same, he does the same thing um, with the celebrations. He did the same thing with Star Wars Weekends. Mm. Yeah, he is He is a lifelong Star Wars fan, first of all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, of course, it seems likely that he'll appear in Episode 9, but he's not at liberty to discuss that at this time. They actually had to oh, put yeah. that in there. 
Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that I, that's definitely impressive. Yeah. I mean, not only did it was he in the different roles, but he had you know he had to do makeup for all of them and costuming, and I'm definitely yeah. impressed. Well, they've they've done that throughout the history of Star Wars. Kenny Baker, how many roles did he actually do other than just R two D two? Right. When they have little people that can actually do this, they're like, you know what? Since you're already here on set, well, we'll give you a couple more days, and you can do this. A couple more days, you can do that. Well, he, he well, was he was a Jawa. He mm-hmm. he played an Ewok. He was an Ewok. I mean, the Ewoks alone, they had so many of them that they had to yeah. pretty much pull in everybody they could. He was an Ugnaught. Well, you got yeah, all the Ugnaughts. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, but like they said, when you know these characters are all heavily makeup or costumes, so you can yeah. do that, which is cool. And it really, is like the acting world is not super huge. I mean, it, there's lots and lots of actors out there, but specifically little people actors who can do character roles like this and are good at it is a lot smaller pool of people to pull from. Right. So if you have someone who can actually pull off characters and do all the makeup and stuff, you want to use them as much as you can. Right. So you don't have to keep looking. I actually have a friend who moved from here in Ohio out to LA, I think last year or two years ago, and she's a little person, but um, she does a lot of, I knew her from stunts, and she does a lot of stunt work for kids because she looks like a little kid proportion-wise. Right, right. So she does a whole lot of, and she's not had to really look hard for work where she's been out there. Mm. It's one of those once you they know you have the skill set, you get phone calls. Yeah, yeah. So, well, but someone else is hoping for a phone call. Yes. Now, uh, we know stunt casting is a newer thing in Star Wars, really. Well, not really, because we had Peter Cushing in the original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. um, hmm? Alec Guinness as well. Yeah, Alec Guinness and Peter Cushing could have been called stunt casting for the original movie. Um, and we see in in um, Solo, Woody Harrelson was brought in. A huge name in Hollywood brought in to help with this movie. Well, Ethan Hawke, who got his start way back in the 80s with the Explorers and Dead Poets Society, and more recently was in movies like Training Day, has, I guess he's been a Star Wars fan for years and years, and he would love to get his chance at um, joining the galaxy far, far away. Now, Hawke was on Conan recently. He says, I've never been one, uh, I've never been in one, no. And the truth is, it's okay, because there weren't that many of them. But now there's a whole lot of them, and I still haven't been in them. I would definitely play a Wookiee. I would do I would do that so well. And he went on later to say, talk about um, Woody Harrelson. He says, I've said it on national TV over and over again. I will audition. I will play Wookiees. I will play Jedi. I will play the bad guys. The last one was so good. I loved ha- the Han Solo one. See, another fan of Solo. Yeah. I just loved it. And you see it and there's Woody Harrelson. He's in Planet of the Apes. He's in Star Wars. He got like every job. Um, He goes on another quote here they have is that I think to myself when I go see now this was um, yeah talks about um, actually this is talking about stunt casting a little bit because he says I think to myself when I go see Solo I'm too old to play Han now. I'm going to enjoy watching this movie. Oh Han's got a buddy. Woody Harrelson. I don't get to um, I I don't get to go on. Uh, Hawk joked about it. He says Woody Harrelson is one of my favorite actors of all time, bar none. But I'm saying we're same. We're the same kind of age. Can't I get an audition? So he's saying with stunt casting here and there, and people in now that Star Wars is hiring actors that people recognize or a little bit more. He wants his shot. He wants to get in there. So I, he went on to talk about some of the bigger superhero movies and stuff. But um, that's for your other show because he was talking about Logan. But, well, but, that yeah. that is when that is one place that I have an issue with him. Yeah, he's come. You know, he's talking about Logan and saying, "Oh, it was a 
good superhero movie, but not a great movie. And then now it, he wants to be in Star Wars. It wasn't his type of movie. He just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, but the way yeah. that conversation that's going to go down with Lucasfilm. Yeah. Bring, bring. Hi. Hi, Ethan. This is Disney. Or Lucasfilm. Uh, get Irma Thimmerman's number. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ethan Hawke. He's I a love, good actor. I loved him in yeah. Gattaca. Yeah. Yeah, that but was great. That whole thing talking about Logan was a little disappointing. Yeah. Well, I thought Logan was cool, but it wasn't my favorite superhero movie. I'm not I'm not as big a fan of the R-rated superhero movies myself. I am. <laughs> if it's the right movie. It, yeah, it's got to be the, the right thing. film. I mean, the Deadpool films. Perfect. Yeah. Deadpool, you don't have a choice. Yeah. That's if they do a Harley Quinn movie, they could probably they could probably get away with an R rating. Yeah. The problem is, I think they would take that R and go too far with it. Yeah, probably. But I loved Logan. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. So, well. So, but that's what he said. But we stay- actually have the solo Blu-ray coming out. Comes out the 25th, mm-hmm. which I think I'm going to pre-order. Make sure I get my copy, which I'm upset. There's no Blu-ray DVD digital code copy anymore. There's it, Yeah, there's the Blu-ray digital code. There's the Blu-ray digital code and then the Ultra Blu-ray and digital mm-hmm. code. DVD is its own with a digital code. Yeah. Not that's, too- a, that's becoming a lot more common. Remember um, back as VHS was being phased out, it was harder and harder to find VHS. Yeah. Yeah. It'll only be a couple of years before you're having a harder time finding Blu-ray. Well, mm. I was watching something on QVC. They were talking about um, when I bought my Roku box. Uh, it's a 4K streaming box um, where it's capable of up to 4K streaming. They were mm-hmm. saying four, right now, most of the TVs that you, you find in the stores anymore are 4K TVs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything else is slowly phasing out. Yeah, go try to find a CRT TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got rid of one that was HD. 150 uh, try, pounds of hell. Mm-hmm. Try to find a plasma TV. Those were, while the concept was great with those, that was a horrible idea. Mm-hmm. It's well, just, technology advances so fast now. How many LCD TVs are you really seeing out there anymore? Most of them are all yeah. LED. LED is what held up. Thankfully, people listen to Sony this go around. Blu-ray won out instead of the HD uh, DVD. HD DVD. Yeah. Is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, it was yeah. HD DVD. Um, but as has been said, Solo comes out Tuesday, and apparently there's a great deleted scene that details why Han was kicked out of the Imperial Navy. Um, of course, when we see him join the Empire early, and he wants to be a pilot. Next time we see him, he's on the mud planet Mimbon. Um, and of course, he's not flying ships like he was planning or was wanting to. So the deleted scene opens. Okay. Spoiler alert, which I know for me, I'm really excited for deleted scenes and bonus features. Since it wasn't in the movie, I'm okay talking about this. It's not going to be that much of a spoiler, but hearing the description, I can't wait to see how it actually plays out. Mm. Um, It opens with Han flying a TIE-heavy starfighter. I wonder if that's what we see at Kessel. Is that the the new one? That's got to be the... That's got to be yeah, what maybe. it is. You know what? Yeah, because yeah. it looks like there's a cargo pod or something beside it. Is what? Well, that, that could have been a cargo pod. Well, that almost. Yeah, well, that almost looked like the tie. I mean, it's got the similar look to the tie bombers. Yeah, but it's not a tie bomber. Um, his ship is damaged, and he manages to stumble back to command through the bay. Han then appears before a tribunal, where he explains that he went on his own to attack a headhunter that brought him down instead of following orders. Um, in which, if he followed orders, the headhunter would be dead. Um, uh, the Commodore and the rest of the tribunal finds him guilty of disobeying, and Han is, signed, is assigned to the Inf- 
infantry where he be where he gets shipped off to Mimbon. Um, and I, each time I say Mimbon, I, all I can think of is a song from Filler on the Roof. Um, I'm not going to go there because my singing's horrible, as you, everyone knows. Uh, now the the gag dropped on the end is when Han asks if he'll be flying again, and the Commodore says to Han um, that he'll be flying again in no time. But then it cuts to Han on Mimbon getting blown away by an explosion. The scene wasn't completely necessary for the film, as Han mentioning in in passing he was kicked out of the Imperial Navy was more than enough. Um, but this was a nice, quick deleted scene. Um, me personally, one, I, I think I want to see the scene before judging. But the, from the description, uh, I think I kind of want it. I want to see it. Yeah. Because as as I mentioned back uh, with my interview with Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio many years ago, I think I I stated I want to see why Han left the, the Imperial Academy. Mm. Oh, wait, so even no matter how small, 10, 15 second scene, cool. Right. It, it completes that self-satisfaction that I want. Yeah. Well, the nice thing, so, well, like you said, the, they do have a point that the passing thing that he got kicked out of the Navy and he was now in the infantry was story-wise, that's all you actually have to have for that sto- to get the story moving. And this, right. depending on where it was at, could have actually prob- possibly slowed the movie down. Right. So, so if uh, you're looking at a movie that's already on the long side. Right. Well, again, I want to see, I want to see this actual scene. I want to time it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we want to see it. But. If it's something where it was like 30 seconds, it will in it, uh, I think it could have been left in. Now, if it's like a if it's like a five six minute scene, okay, we're maybe stretching it. So, what'd you have, Derek? Oh, so um, according to the StarWars.com database, the Tie slash RB Heavy Starfighter, which is the one that you're thinking of in the in the movie, uh, nicknamed Tie the Tie Brute. <laughs> Boasts, boasts heavier armor and firepower than a standard tie with pivoting twin laser cannons arrayed on an outrigger. An MGX-300 integrated droid intelligence assists the pilot with operations. Ooh. So that is the one we saw at the Kessel Run. Yeah. That, that, is, had yes. swivel, that had the swivel lasers. Yep. And it is nicknamed the Brute. Very cool. I, I could I could deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the Titanium series. I, I want to pick up some more TIE Fighters. I want to get some of the other stylists. Yeah, I've been collecting I, some of those. Yeah, I have some of the um, the Hot Wheels fighters and stuff, ships they've been putting yeah, out. Yeah, I have some of those too. Those are the, pretty the good, nice thing actually. Is they're still the t- the Hot Wheels prices, so they're $3 to $5 each. Yep. They're actually a, a collectible to be able to actually get in and be able to collect. Yeah, I have yeah. A, I have quite a few of those. And they're actually really good quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. they're beautiful. The other ones, they cost a little more, but um, would be the... Um, uh, the ships from the X-Wing and Armada video, or tabletop games. Oh, those mm-hmm. TIE Fighters are awesome. Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually thought about just collecting them. <laughs> yeah. The, well, the, the, Fal- Flight Action. The, Falcon in that, the Falcon in that set is also awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, because they actually, like, it looks dirty, which is awesome. Yeah. They actually painted the dirt on it onto some of this stuff. Yeah. But, um, and actually, that new Brute may be coming out soon because Fantasy Flight, who makes the X-Wing tabletop game, is getting ready to release the second edition of X-Wing later this year. But they've just announced also a new expansion for their Star Wars Legion game, which is their tabletop miniatures game, but it's your ground combat and ground assault type game. So you have your miniature um, figures, just like if you're playing Warhammer um, Warhammer or any of the other tabletop miniatures games. Now, I, I'm going to laugh here a second. This was supposed to be, there was a different story that was supposed to go here, but the... F- there was? But this, there was, but this is what's great. This is how we are, uh, and hopefully that 
that trays or carries over to you guys, the listeners, or, or you folks, the listeners, when a story just happens to naturally flow right, like talking about you know, the Force of Destiny or the uh, Force of Destiny, the flight, fantasy flight ships for the X-Wing game and everything else, it just makes sense to go to this story, mm-hmm. which is what well, worked. Sorry. I, I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this was a changing on the fly and it, and it works well. But you might have just killed the momentum. No, no. We're going to keep going. <laughs> A great segue is uh, a great segues are great when you don't point them out. Uh, I, I had to, I had to point it out. Sorry, it's just the mood I'm in tonight. Well, Legion, we've talked we talked about it on here when it first came out. It looks awesome. The only thing for me was I believe the figures come unpainted. You have to paint them, which is what most of your miniatures tabletop games are. But um, there's a new expansion pack coming out for this later on the third quarter of 2018, and um, it's actually called the Scout Troopers Unit expansion for Star Wars Legion. It comes with, now it doesn't sound like much, but it's seven miniatures and five upgrade cards. But in a game like this, that that could make a huge difference in your armies. Right. Now the description they have here is that the Galactic Empire has a number of, um, has the numbers to simply roll over the opposition. Crushing descent under their boots, or under the boots of its platoons of stormtroopers. These troops are perfect for engaging rebel armies in the open battle. Striking fear into the hearts of those who would oppose the Empire. But on planets with dense forests or lightly packed urban sprawls, the numerical advantage provided by stormtroopers becomes much less pronounced. To gain a foothold on these worlds, the Empire needs troops who can adapt to the evolving situation on the ground and remain effective in any situation. Soon you'll be able to give your Imperial armies this much-needed flexibility with a Scout Scout Troopers Unit expansion for Star Wars Legion. Inside the Scout Troopers Unit expansion, you'll find everything you need to add Scout Troopers to your Imperial army including seven easily assembled unpainted scout troop yeah see there it goes scout trooper miniatures and five upgrade cards employing a variety of special issue weapons these special forces troops bring a new level of deadliness to your imperial forces and today we'll take a closer look at the many ways you can take advantage of their skills on the field so the, and these troops look awesome yeah fantasy flight yeah, makes they do, a actually. good looking mini like we were just saying with the x-wing series yeah and one thing fantasy flight definitely knows how to do no matter what is sell dice. Yeah. <laughs> because all of their games, we I've mentioned it before, all of their games use the exact same dice, but the symbols are different depending on what game you're playing because they don't use numbers on their dice. Are they are they stickers or are they... No, they're actual um, injection molded dice with the symbols already on them. Oh, that's part cool. of the mold. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. So I have... Even the, even the dice are collectible. Kit, pretty much. I've played, um, I think, Age of the... Is it Age of the Empire or Rebel Rising? One of those two uh, for... Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Um, oh, the one that raises money for children's hospitals. Um, a- a- Afterlife. Is that it? No. Extra Life. The Extra Life game day they do in November. Have you guys heard of Extra Life? No. Look this up. This is worth it, guys. Uh, this is a little bit off tangent, but um, Extra Life is an organization that basically um, gets gamers together to game for, to raise money for children's hospitals, your local um, Miracle Network hospitals usually. And what it is, the big day is usually early November. I believe it's the first weekend in November. And they you basically run a 24-hour gaming marathon. You could do tabletop. There's uh, hundreds of streamers on Twitch that stream video games. And it's just like you would um, running a marathon or um, doing any other fundraiser like that where you get sponsors and then you you game for 24 hours to make money for these children's charities. It is an awesome thing. And the money all, Extra Life, the money I believe um, either 100% or like 90%, as close as you can get to 100%, goes to the hospitals. Right. So this is something definitely check 
check it out. Um, give me a minute. I'll Google the website so you get so everybody knows where it is. I, I know I've done um, I've done the marathon at or a mini marathon at a local gaming cafe here. That's where I got to um, play the Star Wars game. So and we ran like a eight hour session of this. Yeah, it's just extra dash life dot org. <laughs> so um, and their twenty eighteen extra life game day is. I'm trying to find on the web. November 3rd. Saturday, November 3rd is the big one. I mean, you could do extra life days anytime you want around the and donate money to the organization. But the big collective one with everybody doing it um, is on November 3rd, 2018. So nice. um, it says actually that the organization started in 2018. And since they started, they've raised over $40 million um, wow. for the children's hospitals. And 10, 10 plus million of that was just raised in 2017. So as people are getting to know this uh, and know the organization they're ma- they're doing better with it so check it out extra-life.org i didn't mean to go off on the tangent but that one's worth um holding the show to the side for a second <laughs> so wow so the story that mike was referring to o- earlier <laughs> that we skipped <laughs> was I mine was in the other order i was <laughs> but, you, but you know that's it, fine it's, it's a great way to end the show though yeah. yes yeah sure uh so we're gonna end the show with a little bit of uh collectibles news since we are talking Talking about collecting things. Um, a couple things coming out too. Yes, there is. And first off, we're going to talk about uh, Funko recently sent out a tweet revealing uh, their exclusive pop for the upcoming New York Comic Con, which comes, uh, which is. I think now is only like two weeks, two, two weeks away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they revealed in a tweet with a picture, uh, so you can check it on their Twitter, that they're going to have the incomparable CT-7567, also known as Captain Rex. Yep. So they're going to have a nice looking Captain Rex pot. Uh, and he looks pretty cool. Yeah. I've always yeah. liked the paint job on there where he's got the, almost like the wolf's ears painted on the top of the bucket. Yeah. yeah. And I like, and he's got the scope mm-hmm. on top and he's got the two the two blasters there it's a good looking figure that'll be the new york comic-con exclusive so if you're going to the new york comic-con make sure you check that out let us know you may need to toss a couple extra of these in your bag yeah really i'm sure it'll be online at some point for a little while until it sells out (laughs) yeah a lot of times like hot topic or somewhere like that'll carry them yeah now moving on to another collectible that will be almost as hard to get um this is coming to this is going to be a an exclusive for a toy store that sounds vaguely familiar, uh, Toys R Us. Never heard of it. I, I seem I seem to recall that in my memories. It, anyway, no, I'm I might have at one time been a Toys R Us kid. <laughs> I think we all might have been at at one point or another. I remember when they came in, and now when they've gone out. Ah, uh, yeah, no kidding, right? Anyway, so Toys R Us the is now defunct in most countries, including uh, here in the United States, sadly. But their Toys R Us has still survived in Canada, also in Japan. Um, but the Toys R Us Canada has an exclusive Force Link 2.0, C-3PO, and R2-D2 2-pack. 
And uh, actually, they're pretty good-looking figures, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, R2 comes with the detachable rockets for his legs. Yep. Do, and th- do you know, I've seen these before, the, these particular molds and, and figs. I think the only difference is these have the Force Link chips in them. Yes. Yeah. Um, or they maybe also it's have, 2.0 chips. They also have some nice uh, dirty detailing on them, too, as far as paint jobs go. That's mm-hmm. that's where I've seen them. They were part of Celebrate at Celebration Orlando last year. Mm-hmm. Disney released the 40th anniversary R2 C3PO with the desert dirty on it. Mm. So, of course, these are in the three and three quarter inch scale. Uh, and again, they are from coming out for Toys R Us Canada as an exclusive. So, next time you're up in Canada, pick me up one. Mm-hmm. So next up, no, true. Actually, it's not far from me either. Well, it's a little yeah. farther. I think. I think. I, I think you might be closer, maybe. I think I'm three uh, and a half to four hours, depending on which direction I go. Uh, I think I'm about even on either side of the lake. Buffalo's yeah. about four hours. Detroit's about four hours. Yeah, I think I'm Although somewhere around there. It's shorter if I take a boat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It, it's going to be easier for me to fly. <laughs> I'm saying, well, but I'm not saying. Technically, well, you could maybe take you a could use... boat too, but <laughs> it'd be a yeah. long. A lot longer. (laughs) Now, next up, uh, not only is New York Comic Con in October, but at the end of October, there's a little holiday uh, known as Halloween. And this year, the Disney store is selling pet costumes. That's right. Uh, And these these are adorable. Now, of course, there are a few uh, Disney character costumes. You know, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, blah, blah. Blah, the goofy blah. one is awesome. Yeah, that one is awesome. There's also uh, Woody and Buzz Lightyear, but and uh, one from The Incredibles, which is actually kind of boring. But the real uh, beauties here are the Star Wars costumes, in which we have a an Ewok, which I think might actually be Wicket, but I'm not 100 yeah, percent sure. Like- uh, we have a Bantha with a Tuscan Rider, Raider, Tuscan Rider, a Tuscan Raider riding on his back, uh, a do-back with a stormtrooper on his back. And that looks so and, much, that, and that dog looks very similar to my faith. Oh, there you go. You'll <laughs> to get one for your dog. And in perhaps the greatest costume of all time, there is also a porg costume for your dog. Hmm. And Which one would my daughter choose for our dog? I don't know. <laughs> I tell you, see, see, seeing a dog dressed up as a porg is something something yeah interesting yeah <laughs> well you may not have to check the just the disney store because i've seen a, that ewok costume at um PetSmart also yeah oh, i'm sure yeah you can you can probably so. buy him some uh at, at several retailers mm-hmm. now speaking of porg oh. i have saved the best the best for last the true epicness lego is releasing get this a life-sized porg set that's right folks uh i need porg porgs that we all remember from the last jedi uh who we all love you know some of us like to eat them but whatever (laughs) um (laughs) there's plenty of them out there yeah exactly now october 1st so another thing coming out in october 
October. Wow, October is a good month for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, October 1st, Lego will launch a life-size Porg set. Now, now, make sure you pay attention to that. Life-size Porg set. I mean, Porgs aren't huge, but, you know. Um, so the set number is 75230, and it will contain 811 pieces, and it will retail for $69.99. And there are a few pics of the things, um, and this actually came from geeksaresexy.com so you can you can find pictures of it there as well as a couple of uh, gifts of the porg in which if you push down on the tail of the porg its wings raise up a little and its mouth opens to reveal its large fangs <laughs> yeah most people this don't realize awesome. most people don't realize that porgs have fangs but they do mm-hmm. when anybody saw the movie he, they were in there in the mouth you just gotta look when they open their mouth yeah but yeah some people might not have been paying attention because they were distracted yeah. by the cuteness of the porg well i i can't believe that for once this is actually a lego set that's somewhat affordable 70 yes. bucks for yes. an 811 piece set yeah that is a really good bargain for legos uh now the porg is slightly larger than the main body of the uh bb8 set that came out uh last year yeah they're uh, comparable size yeah i mean bb8 is technically larger if you count his antenna but anyway so if you've seen the bb8 set you can get an idea of the size of the porg set but uh it's pretty cool looking and uh i just i I love watching the mouth open and close yes but it's so Uh, cool that it does that it is yes it's really cool so there you go kids a life-size porg only 70 bucks that really is for 811 pieces that's a Mm -hmm. good price yeah so there you go there's our collectibles well actually i found one last thing the hasbro (laughs) the hasbro vintage collection wave three has been found um in uh i'm not sure exactly where they said it's been found but the case assortment holds han solo from solo infus nest the Imperial Range Trooper, the Elite Praetorian Guard, Captain Cassian Andor, which was part of, which was a Black Series figure. Um, that they're still trying to get rid of. That was <laughs> sold only at Walmart. Uh, Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master, and Dr. Aphra. Ah, Don't nice. worry, because you're only going to ever see Cassian Andor, the Range Trooper, and the Praetorian Guard. You'll never find the other ones on the pegs. <laughs> you know what? I, if I have to... I will order online. And I order two Afros, one to keep on the card and one to open up. Hasbro <laughs> still has to figure out how to distribute this stuff. Mm. That's the that, that's the biggest issue. You They're, think as old as that company is and the other companies and they've been making action figures for this long, they figure out how to make it so you could actually get a hold of the stuff. You'd think. And of course, let's only release slowly across the country. Yeah. And then only release. They keep saying they're not. And then only release in certain parts of the country. Yeah. Well, they keep saying over and over again, they're not trying to like build the secondary market, but they're building a secondary market by doing this. No. By releasing certain things more rare than others, it's making it so that um, people are taking them to eBay, taking it to Amazon and selling it for exorbitant amounts of money. And Mm -hmm. Hasbro doesn't get anything out of that as far as we know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm double checking uh, Hasbro's website, and I'm not. I, I typed in Doctor Afra, and nothing pops up, which means the uh, San Diego Comic Con series set is sold out. Uh. But if you want the Forces of Destiny Chewbacca with Porgs, they're still available. <laughs> which, which I'm actually surprised. I really am. Um, but yeah, start checking your shops. You might be able to find it. Um, I know I'll be checking my Target because they tend to get them as well and they sit a little longer. Mm. Um, I'm hoping to at least grab a Dr. Afra, uh, and I'm just going to put it out there to you guys. If you happen to see her, if y'all aren't getting her yourselves, pick it up for me and I'll pay you guys back. So now I'll see what I can find, but the stores here are very slim on what they get. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, they're, they're, well, it seems like the stores in general are just slim on what they, what they order in general. Mm-hmm. So it, it is almost better to try and find it online. So, um, so yeah, uh, any final thoughts before we disappear for the week? Well, I had a quick one here. Uh, we've we've talked about on here a couple times the Star Wars Secrets of the Empire um, 4D or VR experience and how we're all jealous because there's only a handful of places across the country that are doing it. Right. Well, anybody in northern Texas, Plano, Texas, at the um, Cinemark West Plano are opening the hyper-reality version of Star Wars Universe this weekend. So it looks like The Void is working with um, Cinemark and they're going to actually have this um, the Star Wars Secrets of the Empire available there starting this weekend. Now it's only thirty dollar or twenty nine ninety five per ticket. So and just remember, you have to be at least ten years old and forty eight inches tall. But this looks like it's going to be. This isn't just a quick um, couple a month, couple of months running this and that's it. Because um, the same VR experience is going to be bringing in the haunted experience called Nicodemus and a Wreck It Ralph experience called Wreck Ralph Rex VR. Yep. So um, this looks like it's going to be a permanent part of this Cinemark is the VR experiences, which is awesome because that means they're expanding it out and we may be getting it in our um, local areas. Yeah. Well, for a while, Chicago, they also had uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I would love to take Zoe, but right now she's, I mean, she meets the height requirement. She just doesn't meet the age requirement. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm with her. No doubt she can handle it. Let's just, I'll sign whatever waiver. That's, that's all I got to say. I will sign the waiver. So, um, any other final thoughts? Yes. But wait, there's more. Uh, <laughs> the rumor mills have kicked in as uh, it has recently come to light that Mr. Andy Circus has recently canceled an appearance at the Keystone Comic Convention. And this has led many to theorize that perhaps he is going to appear briefly as Snoke in a scene or two in Episode 9, which is currently filming. However... <clears throat> Keep in mind, if you will, that celebrities cancel appearances in cons all the time. Sometimes they do it because of scheduling uh, conflicts, and other times they might cancel due to personal matters. And Andy Serkis has not yet released a statement on why he has canceled his appearance at this convention. So the idea that he might be coming back to play Snoke is nothing but a rumor at 
this time. So okay. take that however you will. Well, that's cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, remember, you can find us on social media at Wookie Radio. Uh, check out the site again. Check out our, our great store. Check out um, our Tea Public store where you get your Porg and Porg. It's what's for dinner shirts. Um, I still got to take a picture of that shirt to put it up on our Facebook. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, we have said final thoughts. There, there's only one thing left to do. Give the evacuation code signal. I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. There's not much to look at here, sir. We all share the same face.